Hello and welcome to They Don't Get It, the pop culture get off their lawn cast, featuring the open-minded musings of two mid to late 40s curmudgeons ah, staring down hey, the prospect of entertainment irrelevance. <laughs> this is all my fault. I'm Janice Earlbaum, and um, I introduced your co-hosts, Noah yes. Tarno of The Big Quiz Thing and Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. I'm so Hello. happy to be joining you today on the occasion of your tw- 200th episode. Our 20th, thank- 20th anniversary. <laughs> 20th anniversary. Thank you for being here, Janice. You know, it's amazing. Uh, you're talking about introducing us, like, and you said of the big quiz. Like, that was before the big quiz thing. You I know. Us. Oh, I yeah. Know. Yeah. That was before. Oh, I was going to say that was before 9-11, but that's not true at all. No, it wasn't. I think we met Bill in early 02, I would guess. I, I could tell that you the, would be my guess. I could tell you like the exact day we met. Noah. Really? Yeah. Okay. When was it? I think it was Jan four or five. Janice, correct me if I'm wrong here. It was the thing is, it was me and Janice's very first date. We met on the personals, on the online right. personals, right? And ner- the nerve, the nerve site, the first. Um, Yes. Online, yeah, yes. It was uh, sure, Spring sure. Spring Street Personals, and they run all yes. the hot websites at the time. And I went to go see her do a uh, comedy. I don't know if it was a bringer. It wasn't even open mic. I don't quite know what it was. And uh, I saw her material on stage, and then this guy cut up there doing a character act. And yes. his slim build, and he was he was riff, riffing yeah. on Aquaman and a few things. I'm like, I don't know who this guy is, Jesus. and I didn't know in the future we'd be doing a podcast. <laughs> but this is a real no. thing. We I, did. I, I, we didn't know what a podcast was at the time. I don't. I'm not sure they existed. But it was a real so. thing. And so yes, Janice introduced us. But it was what? a long with the long tail. Eventually, the, the friendship took hold. It took a couple of years, right. but it eventually worked. Was well, it took that a couple at... of minutes? I mean, come well, on, it took a couple yeah. of minutes. I no, think... I liked you from the start, Bill. Yeah, was yeah. that at Surf Reality? No, that was at Sweet Caroline's, the the piano bar. Sweet Caroline, Jesus man! <laughs> I keep remembering these chapters of my life that I had forgotten about. Yeah, on Restaurant Row, right? Uh, yeah, that was it. It was Midtown uh, Manhattan, Dopo Teatro, where everyone would come and eat eat food after the restaurant. But you know, it wasn't until months later. You and again, this no one's going to care who's, who's listening to this. You and David Hornbuckle. We're David cutting Warnbuckle. together that that movie. Yes, and, I, and yeah. I did. I did a voiceover. I said, "Coming up next, Family Ties." Yes, and, about uh, about my character Curtis Scagnetti killing yes. himself. Yes. I remember that. And you were playing a Bob uh, Dylan I, song off that album, that recent album. Yeah, it's not, it's yeah, not dark. Uh, but, not not dark yet. Great yeah. song. Good song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Janice, it's it's all. And I knew Janice, of course, from we we're both you know kind of comedy performance art, New York City downtown scene, which. God, is that scene completely dead now, Janice? I mean, what's... Well, you know, I think um, now is the time to buy on the Lower East Side. Or a year year ago was the time to buy on the Lower East Side. Yeah, all Um, three of us have left New York. It's kind of sad. But what I wanted to ask is, so you Mm. were friends for a long time, um, hung out, didn't really collaborate much after the beginning of your relationship when you collaborated um, why did you decide to collaborate on this podcast? Well, uh, Bill, as I recall, and correct me if I'm wrong, we were, we just thought we would have fun doing a podcast. And I remember I came up with two ideas. 
One of them is let's look at new stuff and say we're getting old and try to make sense of it. And that was partly motivated by my idea to, you know, I le- I worked for Time Out New York for years and that kept me current and kept me up to date. And having left Time Out, I was like, I got to do something to, to know what's going on in the world. But do you remember what my other idea was for a podcast that we could do? No, it's eluding me. What, what was it now? I can't. The, the genesis I, is lost. I propose that we do a podcast where two straight guys watch and review the Golden Girls. Oh, you know, we, <laughs> we've discussed that. Oh, you know what? You've, you've, you've mentioned we something did. like that a hundred times, but I forgot that yeah. that was uh, somehow in, the, in yeah. the offing for us. Because it's, I was recently rewatching a lot of it during the during the lockdown, and it's it holds up. It's, yeah. I mean, first of all, you can't argue with those four women as actors, but the writing is superb. And I'm sure there's some Golden Girls podcast out there, but it's probably women or probably gay men. Like I thought, the little gimmick is like, hey, we're these, you know, boring white guy, boring, you know, straight guys, and we'll talk about the Golden Girls. I mean, I don't know. I, oh, I think it would have been fun in, in like late twenty in like twenty seventeen or eighteen where we started. That definitely would have been a thing. It's yeah. the, the ground has become more trod since now. You know what? Here's what so. I here's what I remember. The explosion of Golden Girls podcasts. So. Right. Here's what I remember is that um, I think you had already moved to San Francisco, or you were on your way to San Francisco. Our first episode. No, our first episode was December of two thousand sixteen. I looked it up, and I moved. I had been there over a year. I moved the summer of fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had this idea that you said. Um, you know, if we did a podcast together, um, it would keep you tethered a little bit because you were yes. an, un- an unknown quantity in town and yeah. a li- a li- bringing a little bit of home cooking with you to San Francisco while, yeah. Well, while, but while, I think home cooking, I think Bill Scurry. Yeah. yeah. While, while you were establishing your friend base again, which I think you did, you know, you did become a quantity in, in the Bay Area, but I thought, right. I thought it was a brilliant idea. I thought it was right. great. And I do because I also didn't want to lose contact with you because we were seeing each other on the regular. And it was yeah. like, yeah, you know what? If this is what gets us to do a regular thing, if this this gets us on the horn, if we bullshit for an hour or so before we start doing a show and then we do the show on top of that, socially, what more could I ask for? That is just about as, as enriching a relationship as I can imagine. I am. I don't remember for sure, but you came out here and visited me shortly after I moved here. Yes. Right. Yeah. In, in early uh, early sixteen, I think it was or something like right. that. Right. You know what? It was right when I was about to move to my current apartment, and I moved here June of sixteen. So it was probably May of sixteen. We went to Alcatraz. I remember saying, "All right, I went to Alcatraz when I was ten, and now I've gone to Alcatraz when I'm forty, and I really don't need to go again until I'm seventy. Uh, every thirty years, I'll go to Alcatraz." <laughs> yes, exactly. So I imagine we might have talked about ideas. That weekend. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it's possible. I mean, yeah, that, and that was the only time I was ever in San Francisco. But, I mean, yeah. again, I what you did back then was something that I wasn't even germinating the idea of doing, you know, with me and Janice moving out to Europe. But, um, you know, it's funny how sagacious that was because uh, keeping in touch with friends in the, in the, you know, in America the way we used to, um, that was an unknown quantity when we moved to Europe. But, of course pandemic set in pretty shortly after we moved here and then all of life moved to the camera moved to the the skype connection and so we were able to do a lot of those same things with all of our other friends in new york totally unexpectedly but having the infrastructure of doing the show you know kind of proved that we can keep up these really good relationships on a weekly basis on a daily basis outside of just Mm -hmm. text you can actually talk to people and the podcast i think was like you know seminal for that kind of thing 
It, it, it gave us a structure for that instead of just, hey, we should, talk, you know, half my friends, hey, we should talk sometime. And we never do. Yeah, yeah I know. I, know I, have friends, so. I have friends all over the New York area I never talk to that. I mean, I, yeah. count, I count as really good friends, but I just don't freaking talk to them. And this, this right. is this because is not you, that. you have no soul. We've established that. With right. Well, I, ha- I have a piece yeah. of black coal that pumps an oil around my body yeah. because I don't like you have punk, a... punk rock like you do. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Bicycle, bicycle. Were you guys listening to podcasts at the time? Was that part of the genesis of this idea? Were either of you really interested in any podcasts that you had been following for a while? Yeah. What? What? Since you pitched it, Noah, what was what was your uh, what was your yeah. experience? I'm trying to remember what I was listening to at the time. Probably a lot of the same I listen to now. Although these days I listen to let fewer politics and news podcasts because I'm trying not to be depressed all the time. Uh, but I was listening to some of those and like podcasts about old comic books and old pro wrestling and, you know, my stupid interests, some movie stuff. And, you know, Janice, you know me, I'm a performer and I always want to be on stage. And if other people are, have the spotlight on them, I want a piece of that. So there was a part of me that was like, oh, okay, you know, I could get in on this and this could give me some, you know, a performance, another performance outlet and a way to, you know, for lack of a better term, get famous. I mean, I'm done with that really being my goal. It was when I was younger, but just to get attention. And I thought it was a good idea. And like, I think I ascertained correctly, Bill, that you and I could, you know, one thing I learned about podcasts is that it's not that it doesn't matter what you're talking about, but the more important than what you're talking about is the chemistry between the people talking. I've listened to podcasts on topics I love and I might felt like my ears were bleeding and then listened to top podcasts on topics I wasn't that interested in and I really enjoyed it. So I looked around kind of at my friends and said, all right, A, who would be willing to do this and B, who, who might I have that chemistry with? And I think, um, I said Bill Scurry. Yeah, he fun, might not be about home cooking, editing, man. but he's about it's, that. it's editing, honestly. If you're, yeah, I agree with you that. totally. There's that. My podcast. All right. Well, they're even better. Who do I know who will do all the editing and all the work for me? <laughs> Bill Scurry. Yeah. Who's Bingo. got? Who's got? Who's got some software? Who's got a fucking microphone yeah, set time up? Time on his hands. Yeah. yeah I, my podcast experience is that I was listening to uh, pop culture stuff. I did the NPR pop culture happy hour. I was listening to Extra Hot Great. Uh, I still I still listen to comic book podcasts. Um, I listen to iFanboy, which was one of the uh, you know zero generation podcasts back in the day in two thousand seven. Uh, and so anything I learned, I think it was from the parasocial relationships that I fostered with those people. And you know, what's even weirder is that I met a lot of them before we started podcasting. Yeah, you know, we would go to live events, be it uh, in Orlando, for instance, for Disney podcasters, or in New York for pop culture podcasters and comic book people. And I thought, like, okay, I get what this phenomenon is. I get why I think these regular Joes from Queens are, like, famous dudes. They're not. But they somehow I've I've elevated them in my head as being somehow rock stars. And it's like, well, you know, put all that together. Uh, but also, like, what should a show sound like? What should the temperament of a podcaster be like? And, yeah, again, Noah's idea of thinking – I mean, th- this, I think, was like an ace – as as uh, you. as as, You're too as, kind. as Salvador Bompensero said, this disinformation is an ace. You would not believe how I'm mind fucking these donkeys. I got a condo in Manhattan. Baby girl was happy. So you have done a hundred and ninety-nine topics. What have you learned over doing a hundred and ninety-nine topics over these five years? What sticks with you? Which which topics uh, do you remember 
liking the most? Which topics stick out to you when you're looking back over your rich? Oh man, like, like like grains in the hourglass, Noah. Sands in the hourglass. <laughs> what the hell do we remember, right? Well, I mean, I think Janice, if I hear you right, it's 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 less about the specific topics and more about you know the themes and things. And and I bring these up in the episodes a lot. Like, um, you know, I, part of the idea with the show was how am I going to keep up? How am I going to stay current as I get older and older? But man, I have learned that getting older is just, there's so much maintenance. You know, we joke about, oh, we're getting irrelevant, but we really are. And also, <laughs> I've this, like, last couple of years physically, like, you know, people joke about you get older and it's, it, it's not just, you know, you got to exercise and eat right for your body and take medicine or whatever. It's also just, you have to work at it to know what's going on, to be current. You know, I get it why old people are so cranky and like, oh, the music was better in my day and blah, 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 because it's just you can never keep up. Right. Like we talk about all these topics, everything. And then there's still every day I hear about something I had never heard about. Like I was listening to a podcast this morning about that tragedy last week at Astroworld, that music festival. And they're talking about Travis Scott. And I'd heard the name Travis Scott, but like, I didn't realize this guy is huge. Yeah. And I'm like, how is this possible? How is someone such a big star? And I literally like know nothing about him other than his name sounds familiar. Just it's constant work to know what's going on in the world. That's why you guys are doing a service. You're really doing a service <laughs> okay. for your audience by <laughs> explaining to them these, you know, various concepts that they too may have not heard of or may have only heard of in passing. Um, you know, I think that that's that's why this uh, podcast fills a need. We're doing a mitzvah, yeah. a mitzvah, really, if you think uh, about it. A mitzvah, yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And I, I feel like it might hit me harder than maybe you, Bill, or it would average people. Because I was like Mr. Pop Culture Expert Guy, you know? Like, I kind of, that was like my identity. And as I get older, you know, I mean, I, I fancied a career in like being one of those guys who's like, pop culture, you know, analyst for MSNBC or whatever. I mean, I never got very far with that. And it's kind of why, I, but it's also important for my career, like trivia. Like now I have to make this conscious effort. Oh, we're do we do these events for interns and, and young tech people in their 20s and I got to know what they know. You know, do they know the sound of music, right? I'm always asking these questions. Do they know, uh, I asked a question event the other day and I it was about Quantum Leap. I referenced Quantum Leap. And I was pretty sure they hadn't heard of Quantum Leap, but like, I don't know. It's just, as you get older, these things are so far away from you and they keep getting farther. It never lets up. It's constant work. And then, you know, like you said, Janice, we talked about 199 things. I, I look at, again, <laughs> the list of our topics. I've forgotten about half of these things. I don't know what I said about yeah, them. That's true. It's absolutely true. I don't know what true. these musicians sound like. I don't know what these TV shows are about. You know, I remember the names, it's not like I have no memory of, you know, Ginny and Georgia or whatever. Like, I remember the names that I could sort of picture the stars, but like, I don't know the topics of these things in one ear, out the other, in one eye, out the out the other ear. I mean, it's just unending. All right. But, but how, how about this, though? Now, you know what? I've, I, yeah. I, now, I think that there's there's something what you said. What I've learned, honestly, is to not make the same error that the boomers have made, that our boomer uh, antecedents <laughs> right. have made, which is to say that they assumed everything was for them eternally and that they were always well, going to be the focus. They were told of... that. Yes. Right. Or, or not just they were told that. This, but is they... why, this is why they're fucking everything up now, because they're mad. The yeah. anger I feel is like exponentially worse for them. 
A, they're yeah. closer to death, and B, they were promised more than I was promised. But they also, they were told that they were somehow going to always be the focus of the show, which means, that, which is to say that everything should remain the same that the, as they as they engage with it, that the, the, every, the culture was supposed to be for them to eat continually through their entire lives. And we see what it's like now with Star Wars, with Star Trek, with Thanos. Everybody expects this stuff to freeze in place and behave as it did when you were 14 years old and never creep out of that hole. And I mean, I, you know, look, we were the perfect age for the stuff that they keep reselling us. If there isn't a Darth Vader movie or an Iron Fist movie out every single year, I mean, that's for me and Noah along the way. Well, but I'm just saying. But yeah, it's but, like- but, but, but despite that shit, you talk, oh, it's all Star Wars. Everything's recycled. It's not. There's always new pop star. There's always new musical trend. Yes. There's always new food trend. Yes. Like, we joke about, oh, what are we going to talk about this week? As an unlimited amount of things. But on, really on the other hand, yes, it, but on the other hand, some of our common question. friends are still stuck in this thing of like, oh, you know, Olivia Rodrigo, what's that? You know, is yeah. it, what they do is they shit on it. They dismiss it and they think or, this this doesn't count as actual entertainment. And it's incumbent upon us to say... You are being 46 years old by saying yeah. that fucking doesn't matter. Olivia Rodrigo, Billie Eilish, these are important. These are the Star Wars of today. <laughs> like it or not, yeah. Yes. And, and, and I mean, maybe I'm changing topics here, but another thing I've learned, I mean, there's the specific stuff I kind of want to get into later, like what I've learned about social media stars and things like that. Like, I don't know. I think if you average it out, at least the, the the pop culture stuff. I don't want to talk about the social trends just yet, but at least like the musicians and the TV shows. I think if you average it out, things are no worse in quality. Love it when you just don't care. Love it when you dance like there's nobody there. How do you find your topics? How do you how do you come up with your topics? Where do you find them? You- I I ask these kids I know every time I meet a kid, I say, "What are you into? Like, what do you like these days?" Or I'm talking to someone about their kids. What is your kid into? I'm always asking my nephews and my niece, who I spend a lot of time with, especially during pandemic. Uh, my friends, David and Sarah Quigley, their daughters, Charlotte and Catherine, have given us a bunch of topics. What was the one we just did? Oh, Cottage Core was Charlotte's suggestion. And then uh, I remember when I visited my friends in Salt Lake City, uh, Zoe Chico Donnell told us about the Flex Seal videos. You know, I just, I, I, that's my favorite way, asking kids. But I feel, Janice, that a lot of it is there's a topic that is everywhere and is so obvious, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Remember, remember a few weeks ago, Bill, it was like, of course we're going to do Milk Crate Challenge because that's what every hot yeah. take yeah. cultural commentator is talking about. And Squid Game, we did it a few weeks late, but there was that week where everyone was talking about it, right? We talked about Squid uh, Game okay. even when we didn't do Squid Game. We brought it up each episode. We didn't it do it. Big. Yeah. Right. I remember OK Boomer was so big that I, I posted something on Twitter like five guesses what we're going to do this week. And and like everyone said, you're going to do OK Boomer. <laughs> like it was so ubiquitous that so so that's what I prefer. Like, I guess in my order of like where I don't want to get topics. Number one is so big. It's obvious. Right. Two is a kid tells me about it. And three is eh, this is a band I've been hearing about or a singer I've been hearing about or a TV show that's recommended to me. You know, sometimes we got to do a little research, but I feel I, like the best topics are just are obvious. I mean, I'm fucking terrible at this because th- this is the thing where it's, some of these things are so big. The fucking helium balloon is so large in front of us. And you mention it or even, you know, f- a frequent friend of the show, Nick Nadell, is somebody who is takes great pains to, 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 to 
He does, and he constantly suggests this stuff. And I feel like an idiot. It's like, how does Nick catch this stuff? It's so obvious. And it's not that Nick is so much... Uh, he's just more keyed in, but I think it, it, it jumps out at him as being more obvious that this is a youth trend. And I just never see it. Rarely do I see it. And I Because you have the soul of an 85-year-old. I don't know what it is. There's more than that. It's I can't, I can't see around corners. I just don't know. I'm looking at... Something is as big... Whatever I'm, I'm looking directly at is as big and as apparent as, as, as it is when I'm looking right at it. And I it requires somebody else to say, hey, you know, that thing is enormous right now. Like, we should have done yeah. Travis Scott. That is a, that is a great topic. That we just <laughs> not anymore. Well, not anymore, but he's... he's I don't know, mate. He'll probably come back because the world's... I know, but it took... You know, Juice place. World had to die before we talked about Juice World. And it's like, yeah. we could have done Juice World after his album dropped, and it was just, you know, right guess, in front of us yeah. the whole time, but it didn't seem... Ahead fair. of our time. What I find funny is when the people our age or older try to suggest topics and they're like, have you ever thought about doing TikTok? Like something we did like four years ago and just, you should, you guys should do Fortnite. This is based on a you know, true story. True story. <laughs> we got it, we got it, we got it. We got it. <laughs> So once you have your topic, how do you guys do your research? How do you approach the topic? Uh, shoddily. Half-acidly. Next question. <laughs> okay. Half-acidly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, um, you know, the easy stuff is that if something is a streaming series, it's in front of you. And, you know, like when you can parse media and the media is its own thing whether it's a song or if it's um, a meme or if it's a show especially a show or a movie then it's a finite quantity and it's just a matter of how much of the shit can you guzzle down your gullet uh Ginny and georgia uh you know whatever it is that we're gonna watch it has to be how much of this can you put down in order to come up with a fair and accurate assessment of it. And then beyond that, I think in that case, Noah's always better at figuring out, oh, here's a Vox piece. You know, here's here's something that, um, you know, Stephanie Zacharek wrote about it somewhere on some other menu. And then, then you wind up hearing, um, you know, another bit of media echo about it and just some context for what you saw rather than just try to figure out what did this thing mean to me? And I mean, I appreciate that. But if it's something that is like cups, a cup stacking, you know, like you're just talking about something, a weird phenomenon along the way, there isn't a lot written about it. I mean, we have had a fair amount of shows that we, you know, we know it's popular, but we can't tell you how popular it is. We can't tell you who is popular amongst, but we know it's something we want to talk about, but it's a little bit of a vacuum. And then it becomes more of a mystery. How the hell do we talk about this? And what do we say about it? Other than just two, two dudes saying, well, we're, we're just baffled by whatever the hell this phenomenon is. The worst is uh, when we do uh, like video games, because I've never been a video game person. I mean, I guess when I was little, I'd play arcade games and Atari. And now modern video games, I can't make heads or tails of them. So, so like, who was it, Bill? Somebody listened to our Fortnite. Like, I barely played Fortnite. I'm like, ah, I can't figure this out. <laughs> Someone played our Fortnite, uh, listened to our Fortnite episode with their kid who was into Fortnite. And their kid was like, these guys are idiots. They don't know. Like, <laughs> apparently we said, like, five things that were just factually completely wrong. And, like... You play Fortnite for an hour and a half and we sound, you know, anyone who's done that, we sound like complete morons. And I think that's okay. And I think the fact that we do our research shoddily is okay because I do remember, Bill, before we started saying, I want us to make the fact that we aren't well-informed a strength. Yeah. I want us to admit that. It's kind of the point. To, it's kind of the point. To yeah. lean on that. 
Right. I mean, yes and no. Like, I also kind of try to lean on, oh, I have this, you know, year I studied media and expertise. I mean, whatever. It's my podcast. Fuck you. It's just my opinion. So. Well, you guys have chosen to analyze, you guys have chosen to analyze things um, on a level that's more than just, do I like it? Or do I get it? I think that um, what I take from it is that you're always trying to put these trends into a larger social context. And I think that's probably where your research comes in, right? Is looking at this thing and going, how does this fit into the whole zeitgeist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's I think pretty th- fair. Yeah. I think that's important because I think one of the, you know, to get kind of serious for a minute, one of the huge problems that plagues us as a country right now is that people are so wedded to their opinions and that, you know, my opinion is fact. And anyone who disagrees with me is a bad person. And I don't want to be, oh, why can't we all just get together? And I think there are, there are heroes and villains in our, our current climate. But I do think there's too much of a sense of, you know, I like it, therefore it's right. I don't like it, therefore it's wrong. That's not the way the world works. I think it's very important to see things from other people's point of view and recognize that at least most people are arguing in good faith or most of the time or a lot of the time. Uh, so, you know, I, yeah, it's like you said, Bill, like, oh, you're just being 46 years old when you say this music sucks. No, I mean, maybe it sucks, but like you need to ask that question before you just dismiss it. Sometimes, often it sucks. We've learned that, right? Yeah, you know, actually, no, one of my big questions in doing this show is, um, you know, which goes into the larger uh, leitmotif of media literacy, is asking, uh, where is this coming from? Who is doing this? Who is furnishing whatever it is we're talking about? It could be Substack. It could be Greg Gutfeld. I mean, honestly, there's so many things. You have to examine the origin. And, you know, in terms of saying, well, my opinion is correct. My opinion is all that matters, which I believe that is a fever. That's a flu that a lot of people are struck with. There's also this ignorance of what's the origin of the art? I'm just taking this stuff and I'm not questioning where it uh, comes from. And, you know, one of the things we always ask ourselves is, is how calculated is this? How designed is this? Who is it coming from? And what does it say about the larger culture if we don't examine the origin of it, but also if people don't question where it comes from? Or, I mean, if it... If it's you know, some things are virtuous, you don't need to be questioned. If it's like the um, what was that dance where you swing your hands? Uh, the kid in the backpack, you know, what I'm saying we did the that. F- uh, the the floss. The floss, you know, that stuff comes yeah, in early flossing. on, yeah. and that stuff is that stuff is pretty uh, organic. You don't really need to ask the questions, so it's an NA. But then there's other stuff where you wonder. It's like, well, where wow. did Fireball whiskey come from? Where did this? Some of the stuff seems a little less insidious than others. Some of it seems a little more weird and questionable. And you know, I'm not saying that. Um, you know, Bad Bunny has been furnished to us from up on high by power brokers, but it, these things are out there, and I think that we need to really carefully examine a little bit what the origin is, because if you don't, you wind up being fed a bill of goods sometimes. Right. Well, but another thing we've agreed is if, even if you think Bad Bunny is hugely talented and has star power, you know, even if you think the floss kid is, you know, this organic thing, like, there's a reason we've heard of it. Someone with some yes. influence That's true. Yeah. served it to us. And the question is, why are they serving it to us? Have you ever approached a topic thinking, I'm going to hate this and been pleasantly <laughs> surprised? 
or vice versa? Have you ever thought like, oh, this is totally for me and then gotten there and been like, this is garbage? Going into it with a negative opinion is the default, honestly. Just because <laughs> yes. some some of the stuff is like we only hear about it because it's it's either been thrown in jail or somebody racist has waved a Confederate flag outside a substack or something weird like that. And it's like it's our job to reclaim it. It's our job to say, well, you know, here's what the value is. And, you know, almost acting as salesman to other people of our generational cohort. But, yeah, I mean, I think that the few times that a topic proves itself as being more than just this gloss, as more than just disposable culture, is a revelation. It, like one, one treasure kind of makes up for a hundred failures. And I thought Cobra Kai, for instance, was something that was like, granted, a hundred thousand people already liked Cobra Kai. It was already on Netflix by that point. But for me to look at it and say, I don't want to do the 80s nostalgia over again. And to watch Cobra Kai and say, oh, you know what? This actually was a really good thing. You know, and it's I like... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like uh, I, I, like, it's easy because it's TV. It's it's not as hard to sell as something else weird, um, you know, cameo or some bullshit along the way. But that was one of those things that it's like, oh, I'm really glad that this changed my opinion. That this was better than I thought it would be. Um, I mean, there, there's only a few of them, but when they happen, they're pretty good. Yeah, I'll tell you another example. Something that I honestly thought was just going to be total trash, but it was good trash, was Tiger King, which we never need to discuss again. Honestly, <laughs> but, that, what happened to that guy? He went to jail and got COVID. Still, still oh, they jail. said they said they're going to do a sequel. They're going to do another season or something. And they were supposed to be show. they were supposed to be doing a TV yeah. series based on him, a, a, an actual fictionalized series where uh, Kate McKinnon was going to play that bitch Carol. What's her face? The with yeah, the, the other. That's what they he yeah, kept saying cares? that that bitch Carol. Uh, I forget what her name was, but yeah, who cares? yeah. Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin, Carol Baskin, Baskin that bitch Carol Baskin. Yeah, but it's like that was a compelling piece of TV that I even felt a little guilty that it's like, well, it, it did its charms. It worked on me. Congratulations, TV. You won. You won this round. And, you know, you got you're you're better than Visco Girls. You know, you're better than James Charles. And you just sort of, actually here's another one. And I know I bring this up all the time. Noah, I don't think was like as stickingly uh, won over by Desus and Miro. But I think that yeah. those guys were kind of near the top I know, of the you game loved for, it. for what they did. And, and you always talk about Death Note's like your favorite thing. And Death while really I enjoyed good. Death Note, I just, yeah, I enjoyed it. But yeah. yeah, I wouldn't put it in the top. You know, we've done 199 topics. I think it would make the top 50, but not the top 25. In my That's opinion. fine. Um, you know, I, uh, you, yeah. You know, I was going to say, you want to know something. I also I bring this up all the time because my friend Matthias loves Bad Baby, not because it's great, but because he just loves the phenomenon. And if somebody in my life personally brings up something over and over again, then that becomes sticky to me. And whether it's the song These Hoes, which was H E A U X. I, you know, I love, I almost feel like, well, I introduced that a little bit. I kept it going and it becomes like a private joke between me and him. And so the top, that like a topic like that sticks out a little bit. A few that I was surprised that I liked. If you remember, I'm the one person on earth who liked the Cats movie. Um, <laughs> I still don't, I still don't understand why people hated it so much. I thought it was, I really liked it. I mean, I would even say maybe it was great. It was imaginative. It was weird. The music's good. I really don't get why people... Also, like, fine, I get it. The people in cat costumes is creepy and all that. But, like, I don't know. Like, people liked cats on stage. Why was that good and this isn't? You know, I don't know. I thought it was cool. I think the problem is, no, they watched the movie. That's what put people against it. 
Yeah, I'm talking about the fucking movie, man. I know. I saw it on stage. It's funny. Growing up uh, right outside New York City, my parents were really into theater, and they used to take my sister and me into the city, and we saw every big musical of the 80s, and you know, I didn't really appreciate most of them. But it was almost a badge of honor. They never took us to Cats. We never saw Cats. We saw all the other big hits of the 80s, never saw Cats. Uh, I was surprised by that. I bring up a lot Mr. Beast, right? Yeah. Who on the face yeah. of it is like every other douchebag social media guy. He's this dull face. He's got no appreciable talent. You know, in the old days, he would never be given a second look by the power brokers of entertainment. And while, you know, his quote unquote entertainment doesn't do much for me, uh, man, the more I read about this guy, this guy's a fucking philanthropist. His activism, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, really he is he is that. a big net positive in the world. Yep. So yep. big thumbs up. I mean, I don't want to watch his videos, but I, I hope I'm glad he's still did, out there. Did you see that and, last week he actually recreated the entire uh, powder blue sky room from the from the the first the red light green light from Squid Game? Jesus. He built it. I, James one, Charles did a one did a live one. Squid Game thing too. James Charles did a, a real Squid Game thing too. Yeah, but but he did that. You're saying Mr. Beast did that and played the game. Mr. Yeah, but somebody somebody people. somebody on Twitter posted it's like, well, if a man has this much money to build a one to one recreation of the outdoor set from Squid Game, certainly it's like he could give more money to help people not sleep on on, on concrete than just doing this sort of showmanship on this cheap showmanship fine. on YouTube. He, he's an entertainer. It's like saying, why is Bruce Wayne Batman? He he'd do better by just giving money to people because you know that's what he does. He's an entertainer. He entertains right. Um, as for things that I was surprised how little I liked them, uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I thought I would dig that because I like that actress and I like the period piece stuff. I love Mad Men. And I, I fucking hated that show. I just thought she, I mean, Janice, I'd be curious your opinion. She did not come off as a real comedian at all. I thought her, yeah. her performance as a comedian was weak. Yeah, I could agree with really that. Really yeah. weak. And, uh, you know, I almost blame that on the director. Like, was she studying actual comedians? Because she really should have. And also just the, the subplots and all that just felt really half-assed. And then I kind of, when I first was investigating Clubhouse, I thought I would like it. And then as I, like, spent a little time in some of the rooms, I was really disappointed. Oh, the big heartbreak for me, Bill, I told you this. I talked about this in the episode. The karaoke room violated every principle of karaoke. You know me. I'm a big karaoke guy. A purist, if you might say. A purist. Well, I don't know. I think purist sounds like you have to be a good singer, and I believe the opposite. I think karaoke is about entertaining yourself. You could be the worst singer in the world. It's your stage for three minutes. And they did the exact opposite. It it was called a karaoke room, and you had to, like, fucking get approved by some bullshit guy in charge to sing. Like, what a a pile of horse patooey. And, um, yeah, that really pissed me off. So I thought Clubhouse, also, if not disappointment, I thought Clubhouse was one of these things, oh, we're going to keep hearing about this. Have you heard about it? In the no, past two months, three not months? Really. No. You know, you know, it was actually, I, I didn't think it would be a flash in the pan, and it was. What was disappointing for me, this is such a, a, little, a little thing, but I've heard about it from other movie nerds, is that Wolf Walker's cartoon movie that we watched, uh, which was like an Oscar-nominated movie. It might have won the Oscar. I can't remember at this point. But it's like, that is tailor-made for me because it's right up this animation geek alley. And the movie just left me cold. And I, I mean, this this is like one-tenth of one percent of the audience who, who cares about Wolfwalkers. But to see something that is, you know, like I, I might have pushed it, you might have pushed it. I said, oh, I'm excited to watch this. And it's like, oh, my God, that was that. Beauty queen of only. Has there ever been a topic where you're like, I have nothing to say about this? Have you yes. ever tried to do a topic and just been like, this, this, I have nothing to say? What was it? 
Yeah, you know, some of the dance topics, to be honest, and we've covered yeah, a few of them. Totally. And I think, that, look, dance belongs to be here. If it's some, like, move that's getting people to, to, to you know, if, if it's crossing over, it's it's like we don't do enough of food. We don't do enough of dance. There's It, it can't just be Netflix series and fucking websites and weird apps. It's got to be other things that are non-formatic. That's why we built this, was to literally make slime in a sink. But to talk about the flaws, to talk about the shoot, to talk about whacking, um, some of them come easier than others, other than just look at it, because it's like, in particular, I can't really judge where dance is coming from, what it might mean. I mean, whacking was, was I think Noah brought up whacking, and it was worthy to talk about, I just maybe feel like I failed in just the 48 minutes we try to do this because I don't know if I had anything to say about it. Then like I, all the research was like, oh, look how queer this is. And, you know, a lot of the videos were watching straight women do this dance that they got really good at by imitating queer men. And it's like, I don't really know what the language of all this, even the conversation is. And so that's just one specific example. You know, I mean, I could talk about sea shanties was another one. Where it's like, I get what sea shanties are. I just don't have a vocabulary to say, really, we're going to do this now? I know I need to say something good about it. And Noah kept talking about how positive sea shanties. Like, I like sea shanties. Yeah, but it's like the concept of the fact that I can't believe sea shanties as a thing broke out. Uh, you know, it had a little spike. It had this 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 thing that broke out. And I'm like, and great. And it's worth talking about. But I just don't fucking know why did this become a thing and what do I have to say about it? I mean, just, well, some of this stuff leaves me cold. Yeah, I think, I mean, in, in that case, if I might, I think that uh, the fact that it, these were these were songs that were designed um, for monotonous, ongoing tasks. Like a podcast. Find, yes, or like or like a quarantine. <laughs> or like a quarantine. Yeah. Well, that's what yeah. Noah, Noah kept saying. That's exactly Noah's note. And I thought that was astute, was to say that, look, I mean, we are stuck in the thing, especially with sea shanties. It's like, how do you how do you while away the work when you're hauling in a net? And metaphorically, that's what a lot of people were doing over the last year and three quarters. Yeah. So, yeah, in, in a way, you know, you, you bring up the metaphor. It's like this is something that you hear, you have during a pandemic or a plague or a quarantine or some long, you mm-hmm. know, stretch, uh, stretched away from people in the real world. And so that makes sense. There's also the randomness. I mean... Why not sea shanties, right? Like, you know, it, it it's almost like someone put a thousand ping pong balls in a bowl, right? Sea shanties, uh, African spirituals, um, you know, uh, I mean, the bar, whatever the bardcore songs were, you know, every style of music that the world has mostly forgotten about. And then, you know, you picked out one one ping pong ball and it happened to say sea shanties on it, Right. It became popular because it became popular. And of course, it was a flash in the pan. You know, the Sea Shanties guy, whoever the guy was, does not have a Netflix show now, I don't think. I mean, again, I don't know. You know, I had had heard of Travis Scott. For all I know, that guy's got the number one (laughs) album right now. Probably not. Uh, For me, it's all, it always comes back to the video game stuff. I never know what to say about this shit because I can't begin to play these games. Uh, Fortnite, Roblox. Untitled Goose Game, uh, Game Pigeon, all these things. I just like, if it's not Scrabble or Tetris, I just can't wrap my mind around it. Which is weird because as a teenager, I love to go to the arcade and play fighting games and wrestling games and puzzle games. But like now, I just, I can't. PlayStation 5, like, I should go back and listen to the episode. What the hell did I say? What about, I think what about, I, the, what about the synthesis of like esports and game playthroughs? Did that do anything for you? Well, I certainly didn't like those things, but 
Yeah, I mean, I guess what I do in cases like that, I mean, Roblox is too specific, but something like esports or playthroughs, I read five or six think pieces. And I synthesize those with my own philosophy about media or whatever. And then, you know, I, I, I put a few drops of that into a pile of my bullshit. And, you know, we come up with a podcast, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's, and not to be precise, but yeah, that's what happens. Each day is more like a creepy dream from a movie scene. All day at home with my family. Can't see anyone. Do you feel better or worse since you've started doing this about your impending pop culture irrelevancy? Does it seem like more of a tragedy or are you looking forward to your irrelevancy more than you were? I feel better because even though the constant maintenance thing about keeping my mind up to date, like, okay, I'm doing something. So I think I'm, you know, I'm treading, I, I, I might not be swimming confidently in the seas of pop culture now, but I'm treading water. And if I weren't doing this, I'd be sinking well beneath the waves. So, you know, it's like when you go to the gym, you're like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. This is going to give me a few extra years, right? Right, right. And I feel like I'm doing this is give me a few extra years of being able to hang with the kids, if you know what I mean. But also um, to have curiosity, to, to remain curious is to remain young at heart. And that's really what this is about is what, what is this yeah. thing? But it's but but the fact that it keeps coming and so many things annoy me, it, it just it's tempting me. It's tempting me to give up. It's hard, Janice. I feel like it might be an ignorance is bliss thing if I weren't doing this. But another mm. thing that makes me feel good about it is that, um, you know, reviewing the list of topics. One of the things I was trying to find is like, okay, what was I wrong about? And I'm not talking about like uh, I expected to uh, to to hate cats and I liked it. I'm talking about what was something I like. I did the episode, I had an opinion on it, and it turns out I was completely wrong. I, and I'm having trouble finding those things, right? Ha-ha, good. <laughs> so, like, maybe I'm a more stooped pop cultural critic than I thought. Of course, that turns me around to, oh, well, then I really blew it in life by not succeeding in becoming the professional pop culture critic that I aimed to be, you know, because I'm neurotic. I don't know. You know, I, I look, I think that it says that you didn't step out as far into the ledge as you think. And I, I, you know, nobody gained anything from trying to, like, break a piece of glass and say, oh, this is bold. I mean, to be honest, you know, the way I feel about this is that I'm really comfortable um, the way this is at. And, and um you know, one of the things I did not know that this show would provoke us to do was to stay as current on so many weird things. I could not have pictured all the tributaries we would go down where, you know, every now and then on the news, on Twitter, somebody says something somewhere on Facebook or in real life. And it's like, oh, my God, I actually know what this weird, jagged reference was in, in real life. Yes. I matter. I, it's not even to say, you know, I matter, but I also feel like... Um, it makes me feel, it, it diminishes me. It makes me feel smaller in a very Buddhist, like Zen way where, you know, it's ego death where everything I cared about at one point is not important anymore. In fact, it shouldn't mm-hmm. be. I, I should take everything I ever owned, put it up in a bag, shuffle off to the side and not occlude the walkway to the people who are coming, the pilgrims who are yeah, behind me on a, the way through. That's a, it's a healthy attitude, Bill. That's, it that's is, what but I, I think I, the problem and is. Think, the, and the problem with the boomers is that they think yeah. it should be frozen in time and there should be no rock band after the Beatles. That's right. They built yeah. concrete where you should have built a lean-to. And it's like, honestly, I don't want any of the stuff that I, you know, if if you care about uh, Cobra Commander, you know, it's like, great, look into Cobra Commander. But I am in no way going to insist that this stuff is should be the mainstay of your life. The way, you know, Darth Vader is still pushed on people where it's like, how are you supposed to have a pop culture beyond Star Wars if fucking James Earl Jones' voice is booming at you every time you turn on Disney Plus? 
And I mean, that's different. That's a corporate thing. But it's like we leave it upon each other, you know, just sort of passing the conch shell around to say, here's what might be important. Here's what might not be important. But the important part is to just find what you like and not try to like drill your pop culture habits into somebody else, which is why I appreciate all of our friends who are raising kids right now are letting them discuss. Kevin Marr is not saying to his kids, you have to love Steven Spielberg's duel from 1971 or you're disowned. You know, and I'm glad he's doing that. And none of our friends should do that to their kids. <laughs> trying to picture Kevin saying something like that to his kids. <laughs> he's the last person who would do that. Yeah. Bill, do you feel less or more irrelevant? No, I feel I feel properly irrelevant because it is not just a yawning, like aching vacuum of space that I'm tumbling like Frank Poole at the end of 2001. I, I know my coordinates precisely, and I realize this is a healthy, uh, uh, healthy response. A healthy interaction is to be jettisoned from the airlock when you no longer serve any purpose. And I mean. Everyone is going to be following in the footsteps of me where their their culture becomes outdated, their culture becomes, uh, you know, doesn't mean anything anymore, their culture is derided, as well it should be. And, you know, to go through the process of hearing, seeing it, you know, firsthand, getting made fun of in YouTube comment threads, uh, you know, for how corny it could be. I think it's all healthy, it's all nutritive, and it you know it, it makes me more in touch with the stuff that I like. You know, it's like if I want to listen to the Buggles and Emerson Lake and Palmer, I'm not sitting there like thrashing a whip trying to tell everybody this is pure rock and roll. And anybody who likes Vandegraaff Generator is hasn't learned their lessons. This should be the the hetero the orthodoxy of what it is. No, not true at all. I'm really glad that I've learned about my, my irrelevance. And it will continue on because I'm only 61 years old now. So I only have about another eight, eight years or so left over. I mean, I feel less irrelevant because now I know shit, you know? And I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm keeping up, sort of, kind of. I wouldn't be if I weren't. And, like I said, that I feel like my hot takes have remained hot, you know? I'm sure I'll think of something later like, oh, yeah, I said that I was completely wrong. I mean, I've been wrong about plenty of cultural things in my life, you know, but I don't know. Looking back on our episodes, I'm not sure I was wrong about any of this shit. So we'll see. You, you were wrong, I mean, you if were we have been doing about, you were wrong about Edmund Muskie. So does doing the show uh, make you feel more or less optimistic about the coming of the apocalypse? Uh, 60, 40 less. Uh, really? so here, here are the good things. Um, we've looked at so many artistic things here and a lot of them are pretty good. You know, even if, like you say, Bill, they're not our tastes. A lot of them are perfectly, you know, creative people working hard, you know, I mean, definitely creative. And like I said before, the shitty stuff is no more shitty than the shitty stuff when we were kids or when our parents were kids or when our grandparents were kids. I mean... Most of that shitty stuff has been forgotten because it was shitty. Um, you know, if I'm going to break it down by topic, I think we people say we're in the golden age of TV or have been for 20 years, and I agree. I think on average the TV stuff we looked at is really good, definitely better than, you know, the A-Team and Laverne and Shirley and whatever we were watching when we were kids. Uh, I think music and movies, food, toys, I think those are pretty much on average the level they were when we were kids. Maybe just a little better because culture, you know, is always advancing in one way or another. Some ways it's always advancing. Some ways it's always devolving. But I think those things, you know, maybe slightly better. Uh, but there are trends that really do make me worry. And these trends are kind of bigger than um, TV, movies, you know, music. 
uh, social media stars, while some of them surprised me, people like Mr. Beast or even Caller Daddy surprised me in that they weren't as toxic as I thought they were. You know, I do think the existence of them as celebrities is a problem. You know, I always talk about the, uh, the devaluing of expertise. I think that's a mm-hmm. real problem. It's part of the reason people like, I won't take a vaccine because I've done my research, a.k.a. I, you know, I watched Watch YouTube while YouTube sitting movie. on the toilet. Yeah. Right. You know, um, TikTok, the Reface app, Cameo, eSports, your favorite thing, Bill, Ryan's World. I think these things yeah, are, gen- right, are genuinely corrosive. I mean, they can have bright spots like Mr. Beast giving away money to good causes. But like, I think their popularity and their, you know, their gaining popularity, I think these things are genuinely corrosive. Um, And then in terms of like the social movements we've looked at, you know, some are good. Gender neutral pronouns. okay, boomer. We need Bill. We need to look at more of those topics to look at. We need to pick out the positive social movements and do more episodes of those. Yeah, I agree. No, it's it's right in our remit. You're absolutely right. Because more of the social topics, we, social movements we look at are bad. Unruly travelers, vaccine resistors, which is a huge, the biggest problem right now, or definitely in the top three right in this moment. Flat earthers. These things are existential threats. So that's why uh, maybe it's even optimistic to say 60-40. Maybe it's 70-30, right? Like there's some good things out there, but the bad things are bad. And I mean, at least I'm better informed about it. So, you know, hooray for me. Well, you know, what What bothers me, honestly, is, um, again, the, the, the competency that people working inside these things is, is self-starting. They have tools that we never had before. They have access to photography, access to audio, access to editing that no generation before has ever had. That stuff is at an all-time high. It's amazing the level of competency in terms of art that you get. What's weird is the balkanization, the silos where yeah. something can be so yeah. enormous. Yeah. And I mean, that is a matter of venue. That's a matter of taste. It's a matter of what the actual, you know, codified language of what the people are working on is. To see something so huge, like Noah said about Travis Scott, again, that's looking forward. It's not looking back, but to say Travis Scott was so huge that we just couldn't quantify how big this guy is because right. he just he just lives outside of a a, 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 you right. know, a balkanized silo that we just don't have access right. to. A couple a couple weeks ago, Bill, sorry to interrupt. I was walking by the Fox Theater in Oakland, where I'm going tomorrow night to see Elvis Costello, and there was a huge line around the block of kids, you know, from teens to early 20s waiting online to get into a show all wearing masks. And the show, remember I sent you a photo of the line. I said, "Guess the former big uh I don't get a topic. Yep. And it was 100 Gex. Remember 100 Gex? The I do. horse band? Very weird, yes. And I had not thought of 100 Gex <laughs> since we did that episode, and it really brought home to me, like, I haven't thought of this band, but they're still huge enough to get kids from all over the Bay Area to wait online to see them. That wouldn't, When we were kids, any band that big would have still been talked about, I think. Would have been the, the, go- the Google that- Dolls of their day, Noah. Well, maybe. I mean, but this, and also this was a hyper-specific band, right? This is a, this is a band. They were weird. They, they looked shabby. You know, they, the, the, the uh, lead singer was, um, a trans is, woman. Uh, is yeah. a trans person. So that, that eliminates, you know, half the country giving them the time of day. Right. So like, uh, it, it just, 
my God, like this thing I have not thought about. And these kids are still like living for this shit. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I mean, also, and, and, and you know, the, the last thing I'll qualify this with is, is not just the silo, but then the idea that this stuff looks a lot more inchoate and disorganized than it really is. Just, you know, like the huge Los Angeles infrastructure of TikTok slash YouTube people coming from the same origin that they, they all know each other. It's a secret society of people who are being proffered into the world based on a few tastemakers. And if people understood that the walls between your uh, six second social influencers and your, um, who's that fucking idiot? Uh, David, what's his face? David Dobrik, you know, like, David Dobrik. They, they, no yeah, you know, no we, go, we go back to Logan Paul and is punching the Floyd Mayweather mm. thing. It's like, this is, this is only a half a heartbeat removed from each other. This is a small little thing. And again, you got to question the origin of where you get this stuff. I mean, to us, it wasn't even a matter of that that was bound into the message. It, it just screamed like, where is this? Who is this stuff? Wh who are these people? Why are some people in the background of other people's videos? And, you know, it's a it's a closed circuit. And so when you start seeing this, you got to wonder, well, they're all billionaires. You know, they're all driving around in Lotuses. They're crashing Teslas into fountains somewhere out in Los Angeles. <laughs> and th th like it suggests a new a new rank of kingmakers. And you really kind of want to know what this thing is. What is this, um, you know, this this field, this verdant soil that all this stuff is popping up from? And the fact that so much of culture, whereas it looks like it's organic, it looks like it's just a bunch of kids doing whatever. It's really designed in a surreptitious way to not look as like it's designed. Right. And that's important. Right. And that's what, right. That's what I was saying before. Like, you know, some of it's random and some of it looks random, but it's not random. You know, it's some, someone with power served it to us. Catch him at the chicken spot, up a couple chops, pop that nigga with a hundred shots. Da, 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 da. Well, thank you for inviting me to share this very special moment thank with you, both Jess. of you. Um, thank you for I talking love the to podcast. Us. I am going to continue to love the podcast, and I hope you're going to continue. 200 more episodes. Yeah. 200 more episodes. Well, oh, God, that no. Brings, that, that brings a question to mind, Bill. Like, what do you think the future of this podcast is? Like, what do you think we're going to learn? What do you think might change? Or are we just going to... Because these things are going to keep coming. They're never going to stop. We're yeah. never going to run out of topics. Yeah, I feel like what it's going to be What are you going to learn? How is this going to um, change you? Unless it's, unless it's you talking about your diabetic toe or something as we get older, I think right. it's just going to wind up right. being more granular. This stuff is going to become more strangely, right. you know, bitmap, small, just, you know, molecular quantum scale as this stuff just devolves up its own ass in a spiral. That's what I think. Are we going to be able to still do this? Like, what would it be like if we're like 75 and we're doing this? It's going to be really strange. That'd be cool. That would be good for you. We're going to be a couple of Gary Probably. Marshalls talking about culture. Noah is what's going to happen. Well, I mean, look, podcasting is a relatively new medium. So if you were to, you know, look at everyone doing the millions of podcasts out there, there are probably very few people over the age of 65 doing podcasts. Yes. Obviously, that will change. It would be like rock and roll. Like now rock and roll is old man music. When we were, you know, until like the early 80s, it was still kid music because it was still only a couple decades old. That's going to be really sad if we're 75 years old and still doing this. Oh, hey, man. Jay-Z is 61 and he's still making music, you know? He's 61? No, he's like 53 or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. You get my point, though. It's all Everything's old man music at this point. <laughs> Remember <laughs> early episode, Lana Del Rey? You were pissing all over Lana Del Rey. Yes. Hey, if that turns you on. And you <laughs> said you did not find her attractive because she's a child. And I said, dude, she's 31 years old. And you said, that's a child. <laughs> <laughs> 31 dude 
Yeah, and she, that that was Britney so, Spears is forty now, or almost forty. She, I, I believe she's about to turn. 40. And Lana Del Rey, I think, is now she's forty-two. <laughs> All right, I can't talk as fast as you can. I don't know no. your Twitter handles, Bill. Will you take take yourself home, please? Yes, I, I will. Thanks for uh, giving me the opportunity to do this. Well, uh, if you want a belt-in for the next uh, two hundred episodes, where me and Noah are discussing diabetes and iron poor blood. You can find past episodes as reference on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us, Noah and Bill's show. Write to us, Noah and Bill don't get it at gmail.com. And as Noah likes to say now, go in the aggregators, give us a review because that's how people find yes, more Yes, please. Stuff come on. That's yeah. what it's about. Just fucking, fucking get That's on. how we'll get to 200 more. Yeah, to 202 episodes. That's all we so want. It's up to you. And then so I am, I am on Twitter personally, at William Scurry, where I go under a, a host of different names that are clever and uh, pop culture quips. And I you know, I do all sorts of goof-em-ups and make-em-ups. It's, it's fun. Come follow me there. And my video content is on YouTube.com slash AMCaesar. And now here's Noah. Here I am. Uh, check out BigQuizThing.com. The Big Quiz Thing, the ultimate in custom trivia events nationwide, uh, virtual and in-person holiday season booking up fast. And uh, for those of you with me in the Bay Area, we got some news coming up. Uh, we're dipping our toe back into public events. And yes, in 2022, there's going to be more opportunities to see us live and in person. BigQuizThing.com. All right, everybody. So until episode 201 and the next 100 episodes of Excellence, we, we don't, don't get, get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2021.